0: Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Jessica Yarmy to discuss personal growth, betting on yourself, and the power of boutique fitness. Jessica has an extensive background working for large corporate gyms as well as smaller studio style gyms, which ultimately led her to design Kick House, a modern kickboxing studio that offers a motivating, supportive, and unique fitness experience to its members. Jessica and I discuss her entrepreneurial pursuits inside of uncertain times, the importance of leaning into passion and strength, and overcoming the fear of failure with action. We also discuss why boutique studio style fitness classes are so successful and the role that community and accountability play in success in fitness. This is a conversation that hit near and dear to my why, and I am so happy to share it with you all. Enjoy my conversation with Jessica. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys today. So excited to chat with you. And especially after how we kind of got introduced, I think is, is such a funny story that I love to share. Um, a lot of my listeners know I went to school at the University of Scranton, spent seven years there. That place is near and dear to my heart. And during grad school, used to volunteer at a food pantry. And there was this wonderful woman who became my partner in crime. We would double up and try to work together on things. And she was your mom, Jessica. And she told me all about you and kick house. And this was last year. And I thought, man, that place sounds really cool. And uh, so glad we're able to connect and I can hear more about it.
1: Yeah. uh, My mom is my number one supporter for sure. So if you're wondering where I get the audacity, like it is from her. Um, But also my love of fitness in a lot of instances is like empowered by My mom, she supported my entire soccer career, field hockey career, swimming, all of the things, but then also um, supported me in, like, getting a gym membership when I was 14 that was attached to a physical therapist's office. So that kind of, like, overlaps with your world, where, like, she knew right out of the gate that, like, in order for me to do well athletically, um, that I needed to be, you know, well aligned and like have a correct like structure to perform athletically. So even when I got grounded as a 14 year old, um, I could still go to the gym, I could still work out. And a lot of that is kind of the foundation for what I'm doing today. That's so
0: awesome. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about not only having a strong woman in your life as a figure to grow up to or grow up with like as a girl, but um, somebody who really just encourages that inside of you. So Mom, if you're listening to this, we love you. <laughs> she will.
1: She likes and likes and comments on everything.
0: Yes, wonderful, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Why don't we just get started with? If you could tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey
1: to what you're doing today. Yeah, I went to school for marketing, so I've I've been a lifelong marketer. And in 2012, I overlapped my passion for marketing with my passion for fitness and started in a director of marketing role at gold's gym. And it was really that Venn diagram moment of overlapping like two things that I really loved. And that really started my career on the trajectory that it's on right now. Um, I got laid off from gold's gym and it was devastating. You know, it was like, I had finally found this role within fitness that I loved and I went through this soul-searching time where, what am I going to do that's going to top that? Because that was so great. And I realized I could just kind of continue sitting in that Venn diagram and sitting in that overlap between marketing and fitness. And so that's really what I did. I went from Gold's Gym to UFit Health Clubs in um, Florida. And then I went to Club Pilates out in California, worked with them as chief marketing officer, opened 400 studios from a marketing perspective, took the brand to four countries um, and kind of grew that global footprint. And then when the pandemic hit, um, had an opportunity to like branch out and do something brand new, which really started the kick house franchise system.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I love hearing your journey and how many, turns and twists you've had to take, some of which were by choice and some of which weren't. But that's really inspirational to hear because, you know, a lot of us, when we finally figure out like what it is that we love to do, when there's a moment where you have to pivot, it can be really hard, like you said, to be like, oh man, like, how do I keep doing what you love? Um, And it sounds like you were kind of able to stay within those bumpers of pursuing your passion and ultimately growing in the process, despite all of those unknowns that have come up, which I'm sure going through things with kick house with the pandemic has brought on a lot of those.
1: It's the greatest blessing you can get in your career to get laid off. And I know that just sounds completely atypical, but I've been laid off three different times in my career. And each of the times it's just been that opportunity to sit down. What do I really want to do? What do I really like about what I was doing? What do I really want to do? And oh crap, I really have to hustle now because I need the job, you know, to, to pay the bills. So it like puts urgency around pursuing what you're passionate about. So if you're one of those people that's in that bucket where like your career, you've kind of gotten like derailed, um, you know, unintentionally, it's the greatest blessing. You have to use it as like an opportunity to like get into really what you want to do.
0: I love that. One of my favorite quotes that I remind myself of often is simple and it's comfort is the enemy of growth. And it's so true. Like it's really nice when you get to a spot in life, whether it's in your career, relationships, fitness, where you're comfortable, but at the same time, staying in that comfort and coasting is you're not growing, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're in those uncomfortable positions, uh, man, there's so much opportunity for growth. So that being said, growing Kickhouse during a pandemic when the fitness industry was completely flipped on its back, what was your mindset like like pursuing entrepreneurship in such an uncertain time?
1: I completely agree with the quote that you referenced where if if you're sitting still and just waiting for things to return to normal, Um, if you're just waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, here's what you should do next, you're missing so many opportunities. And at the start of the pandemic, and even what we're sitting in right now, where we're almost like at the start of a recession, or are we in a recession, like who really knows, but there's definitely still like environmental um, impact that's happening around us. And those moments are the moments where things are shifting and there will be opportunities that present themselves, but you have to be open to them and you have to be willing to really go for it, which to your point is not a comfortable thing. It is scary. You lose sleep. Um, You know, you just wake up not knowing like, is my day going to be a successful day today? Or is it going to be another set of fires I need to put out? But that's exactly where you learn. That's exactly where you grow. That's exactly where the the opportunities are, because most people don't want to sit in that uncomfortable place. So if you're willing to go there, if you're willing to embrace that, it really is an opportunity to, to stand out, to do something that hasn't been done before, and to learn a whole heck of a lot in the process.
0: Yeah. Wow. And just listening to you speak that way, like I can tell how something like this really excites you going outside of your comfort zone, taking the leap into something new, your desire to do that. Does that come from just your desire to make an impact? Is it you trying to just ultimately get better at your job? Like, what is it that drives you to continue to put yourself in these uncomfortable positions when you and I both know that many people just won't?
1: Yeah, I'm. It's a really good question. And it really it like gets to the heart of the why. And I'm obsessed with potential within myself, within our membership base, within my organization, within my team members. And I think that's one of my superpowers maybe as a leader is I can always see like, what is the upside here? What is the upside for this person? Like, where is the the opportunity going to present itself, like for everything. And I think a lot of people maybe sit in that place of like, here's where I am today. And it might be dark, it might be gloomy. And you kind of get obsessed with where you are today in this moment. And really the whole spirit of being an entrepreneur is like having that vision for what could be. And I see that in myself. I see that in my team. And nothing fires me up more than seeing them step toward that potential and do things that they didn't do when we even first started to work together. And just seeing that growth happen, like right before my eyes, like seeing our membership base make positive changes to their health right in front of my eyes. And they tag me in things and say, because of kick house, I did this, you know, there's nothing that, um, you know, that fuels my day more than those kind of moments. And they're often small and they're often on Instagram and, you know, you kind of think like, how is that impactful? It kind of doesn't matter, but it really is the absolute like heart of what I'm trying to do.
0: Oh yeah. Wow. I totally love that. And really resonate with that as a physical therapist and a coach, just making the impact on, even if it seems like a seemingly small thing that somebody's now able to do, return to the gym, get dressed without pain in their shoulder, like all of those little wins add up. And I think the position that you're in, not just as an entrepreneur, but in the fitness space is so special. And I'm sure, I mean, you feel this, but like you're impacting people, not just on an a business level right the leaders in your company and the individuals in your company but also the members who are getting the services that you're providing like it's like when you think of that downstream effect man that is so cool it's so true like you can there's so many places where you can look at the work that you're doing and seeing the impact that it's having and not just from a an ego perspective being like wow look at me i did this but knowing that somebody else's life just improved and now they're going to go make an impact on somebody else in their life. Like that's the kind of stuff that I think about. And, uh, I feel like that applies a lot to your situation too.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't often like look at the downstream enough and, and celebrate those wins. Cause I see so much ahead. Um, 81% of the population still doesn't do anything for their physical fitness, um, you know, my team right now currently supports 30 studios. We could have 600 studios and I can have a team that's triple the size that I currently have. You know, I I could be an angel investor that supports other female entrepreneurs who are trying to build other, you know, businesses in the fitness space or in the marketing space. Like I'm always kind of looking ahead um, to again, like what's possible next, like where's the potential lie. And I think that's that entrepreneurial brain. That's just always thinking of like, what do we build now? Where do we grow now? And I'm just definitely proud of the, the, the place that we've built so far, but I know it can be so much more. And, you know, that's what keeps me up at night is, is just like, how much faster can we go? How much bigger can we grow?
0: Yeah, that's really special. And also, I mean, first off, you should be very proud. And second off, as a strong woman, female entrepreneur in this space that is very male dominated, like, I'm just over here cheering you on and want to be a part of your circle. And, you know, talking about the importance of growth, focusing on, of course, what you have to be proud of, but more so where you want to go. I'm sure a lot of that forces you to kind of zone in on your personal strengths and weaknesses, right? This is something I've heard a lot from not just entrepreneurs, but just anybody in the personal growth space. It's like, we want to, of course, find our weaknesses and and maybe make them stronger. But one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately as I grow is what are my strengths, and make those stronger and lean into those and use those for good. So can you talk a little bit about like this concept of self-awareness and kind of how you've approached strengths and weaknesses as you've grown?
1: I I love that you're thinking of it in this way, because you've already unlocked like one of the greatest hacks that anyone can unlock in their career is do more of what you love, do less of what you hate. Um, That sounds so simple. But I think so much of our education system is built around be well-rounded, have this math class, do this reading assignment. Also, you need to know science. And when you start your career, you hold on to that like education platform and you really try to do everything well. And I think to to your point, the more you can um, identify, here's what I really love to do. And just do more of that. Um, that's really where your career is going to to unlock. That's where you're going to be happiest. And vice versa, when you're sitting in a role where it has too many things that you're not good at, you will move slowly. You will not like your work. You will probably be resentful of the work that's on your plate. So, um, having that self awareness and and realizing. Um, here's what I love to do: communicating that upline to your manager. Um, you know, having that talk with your team, like, "Hey, I really love this component. I really hate this." And then it's really on the management to, you know, or your team leader to say, "Okay, like I see you in that superpower, and I'm going to try to shift things around so you can sit more squarely there." Um, you know, in launching Kickhouse, I'm the founder, but there's so many people who. I, I put in place really quickly around me to do the things that I'm not great at. And that really is one of the things that's helped us move quickly and, and grow quickly is, is that, um, I'm not sitting in responsibilities that I don't love. Um, because if you don't love it, it, it comes through, you know, if you, if you don't love your role, if you don't love your company, Um, It's really impossible to like fake it until you make it. You know, people can kind of see through if you're not being genuine about what you're doing, if you're not, you know, truly believing and feeling good in, in what you're, what you're representing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can see how that's important. And also just like, like you mentioned, you're not going to enjoy it. You know, it's a recipe for burnout. If you're constantly chasing and trying to do things that you're just not good at. And I'm a big believer that everybody on this earth has a gift. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something that you love. There's something that you're passionate about. There's something that you're good at. And maybe it takes longer for some people to find it than others, but find that and find out a way to make it work in your life, whether it's professionally or not. Um, And then just another thing that's coming to mind with, you know, hearing you speak about that is you kind of have to like put your ego to the side at some point too. Right. Like I'm sure as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as somebody who is a high achiever, we wish we could do everything like you want to do all the things. And, but in reality, there are times where you have to say, okay, I need to ask for help, or I need to go learn about this, or I need to go spend money on this. Like, is that something that you've had to kind of experience along your journey as well?
1: Yeah. And it was a great unlock moment for me. I'm a Virgo control freak to my core. (laughs) And as I launched KickHouse, I was trying to hold everything and do everything. And as soon as I started to make those asks for help, I realized not only like were people executing faster and better than, than I was, but then they were also bought into the brand and they were bought into what we were building um, more so than they would have ever been. So our culture is built on collaboration. And I think a lot of companies maybe have that as a, as a core value and it, and it lives on their wall, but it truly lives within our organization in terms of dishing out homework as often as possible to get that help, um, to like have more people working toward the same goal. That's really where you can add so much momentum to your organization Um, I actually just gave one of our members like control of our Twitter account, because that was something that was sitting on my desk, really. Um, And I logged in one day and I just realized I haven't posted for two weeks. And there's one member, she's in our Your Belinda studio, and she posts and tags us basically every day. And I said, hey, love you. I know you love Twitter. Will you help me run the Twitter? And she's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I love Twitter, you know. And so, like, I should have done that six months ago. It would have been so much better for me. Um, but again, I, I hold on to things thinking I'm the one who needs to do it because I'm going to do it the best. And the reality is, I have so many blind spots in that regard, and so many areas that um, I'm not an expert in. I'm definitely more of a generalist, and where I can like identify." a real expert and plug them in, um, then we're really flying. And so I look for those moments to, to ask for help. And as I've hired a number of control freaks, that's how I try to coach them is ask for help, dish out homework. The more you dish homework, the more you build culture and the more you build brand. Um, and that's one of the things that's helped kick house get to where it is today.
0: That is so cool and such an important lesson. And I'm going to have to listen back to that one because it definitely hits home for me. I mean, I am not an entrepreneur. I'm not a business owner, um, but I'm trying to grow as an individual and grow my platform. And one thing that's been on my to-do for months now is building a website. Uh, I purchased the URL. I have all the ideas. Like I can close my eyes and I know what I want it to look like but I just don't know how to do it. And I've been watching YouTube videos on how to use Wix and I've tried and it's just not my strength. And last week, my boyfriend was like, hey, what do you think about maybe looking into somebody doing this for you? And I'm like, no, I can figure it out. I can do it. But now I'm realizing that it's like, you're investing in your future self and your future success. If you can say, okay, let me put my time and energy into the things that I am best at and the creation that I am feeling strong at. Um, and get help on those other things, so I'm definitely gonna take take that advice from you.
1: well, and I'll give you one more example, which is like relevant to what we're doing today. um if I take on a task of reading a book, you know, let's use the one that's like sitting behind you, like grit <laughs> as an example, um, it would take me three months to get through that book. However, if I had it on audiobook or if I had a podcast with that author, I would get through that in two hours. And it's important to know like where you move fast. And it's important to recognize like, where do you move slow? And if you have a project that's like sitting on your desk for a long time, and believe me, my personal website, I went through the exact same thing. And I finally like dished it off to somebody and bam, it's live now. Um, Where you're, where you're stuck is what you're not good at. And so outsource things that you're stuck on and stay in the things that, that are flying for you. You know, like if it's the writing, if it's the creating, if it's the posting, you know, doing the podcasts, do more of that and then find those resources that, you know, can help on the things that you're, that you're stuck at.
0: Yeah. I love that. Wow. Thank you. Definitely going to make moves on that and find somebody who can help me. And, you know, Jessica, one more thing, kind of on the topic of, of business and growth here. One thing that I've experienced firsthand and that I see so many others go through is being hesitant to pursue their passion or take that next step because of fear of failure. Is this something that you ever struggled with? And do you have any advice for just overcoming this general notion of like, but what if I fail? But what if it doesn't work
1: out? I love having that fear. Um I think okay, so, so, really so you're what... one of
0: you're one of those crazy people that actually enjoys the the thrill of the roller coaster sitting at the top. Like, am I gonna live or am I gonna die?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I absolutely hate roller coasters. Like I put all um anxiety and fear and like stress into like my work world. And so I keep my personal world like as chill as as possible. But I think um I am driven by that fear of failure. I'm driven by the fact that it, I might not reach my potential and like what then and how frustrating that will be. And so I sit with that fear basically every day. And, you know, that's, that's like an entrepreneur kind of, kind of mindset where like I simultaneously always think my company's on the brink of Epic success and also teetering on the brink of epic failure, and and that is a fearful place to to teeter totter from. But that's what it's all about, and just being able to function in that failure or that fear, you know, and not get frozen by the fear. Um, that's the the unlock is recognize that the fear is there and do it anyway that's where you're going to find like so much progress.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love how you frame that. Like, it's something to be excited about. It's like, if there's, I've also been told by people that I look up to, like, if you're nervous and a little fearful, then it's probably something worth doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like we talked about that comfort is the enemy of growth. Like if you're doing something and you're not a little bit nervous about it, what is it really doing for you? So that's, that's such an awesome way to frame it.
1: Yeah. When, what's the quote? Like when you, when you fear jumping, like that's the exact time to jump or when it Mm -hmm. feels so scary to jump, like that is the exact moment when you need to. Um, That's definitely uh, a mindset to, to think through. And, and I see a lot of people like think of that structure in very black and white terms. And I very much believe in like having side hustles, having side pursuits, which help you, like it gives you data points to then make that jump with confidence versus make that jump into a complete unknown. So the more you can, um, you know, dabble in where you are really passionate, even though it's fearful, you know, you see a lot of creators at this point jumping to full-time creator mode, why are they doing that? Well, it's because they've they've been doing it long enough and they see the pattern of how much money they're able to generate on a monthly basis. They see how much they're charging different clients. And then you get comfortable enough with that model that you 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 shuffle your time and you move into full-time mode. So I think everyone has a different risk tolerance and I'm truly not very like risk tolerant at all. I don't like risk. Um, So it's really like evaluating uh, like, what are the data points that you have in your head that make you believe that this is, it's not only possible, but it's, um, but it's probable that you're going to get it off the ground. It's probable that you're going to be successful with it.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, It reminds me of that idea of like sweat equity, like building up the reps and just the hours that you spend doing something that you're trying to pursue and trying to get good at. And I have heard that like specifically my generation, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm 25, but like those of us who are just entering the world as professionals right now, we kind of are the generation of like side hustles and like find having like multiple streams of income and that whole idea of like finding things to dabble in and then continuing to grow them accordingly.
1: Yeah, I'm 43. I haven't spent more than three and a half years in, in any role. And I kind of felt like that was fast jumps, you know, at, at my, you know, in for my generation, three years was fast jumps. And now to your point, everybody jumps so much faster because And why wouldn't you, you know, if you saw that there was more opportunity to do more of what you loved for the same or greater amounts of money, like, why wouldn't you jump toward that? So I think, you know, if, if you're in your career and you're kind of looking at like, I don't love where I'm at, I definitely agree with you, you know, dive into that side hustle, start that podcast, start content creation you know, do other things that help you really start to refine and, and, and hone in on what is it exactly that would light my soul on fire on a daily basis. So it doesn't feel like work. And that's where you really like have that amazing trajectory start to, to, to unlock.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I have a quote on my wall right behind me and it says it was a gift from my friend, Daniela. And it says, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. And I look at that every time I walk in my office and it's so true. Um, And another thing that I'm just reminded of from you talking about this idea of like, you need to be able to analyze your situation objectively and say like, okay, based on these things, based on this success, I feel more comfortable taking the leap. And it reminds me that like, oftentimes we need to act in order to change our thoughts around something like actions, create the mindset and the confidence. Confidence is a skill. You know, it's something that's developed. And I have this little newspaper article cut out um, that my grandma mailed to me. So cute. I even kept the little heart that was on the envelope, but I keep this on my desk and I just want to read uh, a couple sentences from it. And it says, most days I don't feel like running until I start running. This is the key. See, your thoughts are not going to motivate you and your feelings are not going to motivate you. Your actions are going to motivate you. Your actions will change your attitudes. Your motions will change your emotions and your movements will change your moods. You can't trust your thoughts. And I like that because as much as I'm huge on mindset, like we're called the Goal Set Mindset Podcast, I love all these mental strategies to a certain point, like you need to just do the damn thing. And then that will shift your mindset. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So I was an athlete my whole life. And this is where like, I just start to love like the parallels between athlete life and whether it's entrepreneurial life or just professional life in general, you have those days where you don't want to do the thing and you have to just get yourself out of bed. You have to lace up the shoes. You have to go log the miles because that's what's supposed to get done today. From a training perspective, I have an ungodly amount of ability to make myself do things that I don't want to do because I know it needs to get done. And I play mental games with myself for like what, what parts of my day I need to put those in. I'll often leave them to the end of my day and I'll often hit send and just walk away. Cause it was like so painful to do, but it gets done. Um, and it's so important to, you know, like have those, those it's a process versus a, a motivation, you know, because a lot of days there's not that like motivation you're getting knocked on your butt consistently, you know, you're having those, like what seems like repeated fails and you have to keep on going. You have to keep on executing and I'll often kind of compliment um, things that are big and difficult and annoying and I'm not good at them. Like if I have to write up paperwork or, you know, financials, like things that aren't in my superpower, I will often bookend them. With something that is in my superpower. And I post pretty consistently on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, on TikTok. And so for me, because I'm in marketing and I'm like a creative person by nature, those things are fun for me. So I'll go, fun thing, boring, difficult, annoying thing that I'm not motivated to do, fun thing. And it kind of helps me just plow through it, knowing that there's like a little like dessert at the end, like you can't post on, on Twitter until you get this like thing that needs to get done. You have to get through it. So, um, you know, I, I talk to founders a lot about that and they're like, why do you post so much? Or how do you post so much? And I'm like, because for me, that's my dessert posting and writing and photos and videos. Like that's my superpower. the, the meaty stuff is where I get like really slowed down and it is difficult and maybe there's things I haven't done before. So I have to like really dig in and figure it out and put that brain power in. And it's almost like I give myself like a little like gelato afterward, you know, like, and, and for me, like social media, media is like a little bit of gelato, like, good job. You got through the tough part. Like, here's a little something to like make you happy
0: that is so cool and so smart i'm i definitely can picture like all the things that i kind of write on my to-do list and one thing that i haven't quite mastered is how to best structure things to be the most productive um but i can see why that's helpful and on the topic of social media i'm not on tiktok because i got sucked in and i deleted it but i see your instagram reels and you absolutely crush the instagram reel game i love seeing what you come up with from that creative standpoint. So definitely keep them coming.
1: Well, I, I think of it as it's a little outlet for my, for my brain. It's a little brain break. It allows my brain to go from, again, something that's like difficult and clunky. And I, I don't know how to do it. I'm literally doing things in this current role that I've never done before. And it's a pandemic. So there's, There's not even playbooks that exist, you know, so it's truly like I'm having to like figure it out on the fly and it's difficult. And so to then have like a lighthearted, like laugh at myself moment um, via a TikTok video, it's just a nice like mental reset for me, um, which is just a game that I play with myself. And I'm glad it maybe somewhat helps you, Um, but but it's like, do you, you know, like you have to kind of figure out like the hacks that like work for your own brain, you know, like what are your dessert pieces and, you know, kind of use that model of like fun, terrible fun, you know, to stagger your, your to-do list.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I can tell just looking at them that you have fun while you're making those. And that's like you said, that's what it's all about is finding things to do that you enjoy. And Jessica, as we kind of continue our conversation here, I want to start to switch gears a little bit towards the fitness aspect of things. I love hearing what you've, like, I've listened to a few podcasts that you've been on and hearing how you speak about boutique fitness and the power that it has. And I totally agree with you. And I want to, you know, dive into that a little bit. But if you could first just talk a little bit more about Kick House for listeners who might be interested, who might have the studio close by. what is KickHouse all about and what makes it different?
1: So KickHouse is a, it's a modern kickboxing studio concept. So it's based in group fitness. There's multiple class formats, but all of them are rooted in kickboxing. And truly before starting KickHouse, I really didn't have a lot of experience in kickboxing. I more so had experience with like group fitness or even like big box fitness, you know, lifting and things like that. and. What I love about it is it's high calorie burn. So you will get like results quickly, but it's also like stress relief burn and it's fun. So classes fly by and it truly is that, you know, going back to the quote that your grandmother sent you, it's like, just take that first step into the door, get started and it flies by. And it's so enjoyable. And you just leave with not only like a sense of accomplishment, but you leave feeling lighter, like less stressed and whatever goal you're, you're kind of pursuing, it just gives you that feeling of like, you know what, I just like took one more step toward that goal, you know, whether it's like a physical goal, whether it's a mental goal, whether it's, you know, whatever you're kind of going after in your world, just to have more balance in your day, Um, it gets you there like within 45 minutes. And so like, for me, I stack my day with a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And, you know, it's, it's like intentionally then having those release moments and kickboxing is an amazing release kind of moment.
0: Yeah. I love that. And as we're having this conversation, I have taken one kick house class. There is a studio right around the corner from where I'm currently working in Eldersburg, Maryland. And I did not know what to expect. I've never done kickboxing. I've never put on boxing gloves, like total brand new. I do work with a few patients who are in martial arts and like, I've become very curious just about kicking and punching and the movement patterns. Um, But needless to say, I walked in there a fitness enthusiast, somebody with over 10 years of working out experience, college athlete, and man, it was humbling. And it was so much fun. Like I loved, like you mentioned, total cardio stimulus, big, like aerobic burn felt amazing, incredible after, but also really cool because it kind of has like that perfect amount of, you know, working out and sweating but also learning and a little bit of like a cognitive component, like, okay, we're going to learn these new skills. So it's not just about how many calories did I burn, but it's like, okay, by the end of the session, I kind of had like the, the, the hook figured out and like, man, I never quite figured out how to kick the bag. Right. And so it leaves you wanting to come back for more to be like, all right, I really want to figure out how to kick. Right. So I'm not like hurting my shit. Like, it, w- it was just fun. Um, and I will say my rotator cuff in my right shoulder was lit up the next day. So I was definitely not punching right. Um man, the the coach who I worked with, I think it was Dean maybe, I forget, but um, he was laughing at me. He's like, get loose. He's like hopping back and forth. He's like, Come on, loosen up. I'm like, I don't know how to be loose. I was probably yeah. punching like this. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was so fun.
1: I love the the call out on the cognitive piece because um for those of you who like haven't really kind of dove into a fitness routine if you can link the cognitive piece to a workout it makes the time go by so fast. Um the opposite would be like you get on a treadmill and you're just like watching the minutes and it's so annoying and it takes forever. Like a treadmill minute is basically like 10 minutes. You know, it feels like like crazy long time when you're in that, like learning headspace, even if it's just remembering, am I left or am I right? That's what I usually spend my class time doing. Like, wait, which way are we starting? Um, you know, kind of the back to basics, but like your brain is thinking like, is it left or is it right? Your brain's not thinking, is this minute one, is this minute two? And so if you're not someone who loves to work out, like having a workout that allows you to go into that like cognitive headspace is amazing because you're you're not only learning that new skill set but then you're also lo- completely losing track of time and you blink and the class is done and you don't have that oh my gosh this is painful and terrible and boring kind of feeling that you sometimes get in like more traditional workouts
0: yeah i totally agree with you and that's exactly how i felt afterwards and I really appreciated to, you know, not to digress, but from a physical therapy standpoint, just how holistic kickboxing is in terms of how you're using your body. One thing that so many athletes who I work with and just people in general going about their day, we do a lot in the forward sagittal plane and like even just a regular workout routine, you know, squats and deadlifts and lunges and bicep curls. And very often when we see patients in physical therapy, if we check their rotational mobility or strength, it sucks. And kickboxing is something that involves those things. And even for me, somebody who knows these things, I struggled to do it. And I was like, man, I got to mm-hmm. get in on some of this. So I, uh, i had really, I loved it. I mean, for anybody listening who has an opportunity to try kickboxing, go find a class somewhere because man, that was a load of fun.
1: Yeah, our um, all of our locations are on the website. So you can go to the kickhouse.com and just put in your zip code and it'll show you the closest studio to you. So we would love to have you in and we would love to have you try your first kickboxing class with kickhouse. We're super beginner friendly and then also like able to kind of level up as you level up.
0: Yeah, of course. And so Jessica, thinking a little bit more kind of broad spectrum here, you, like you mentioned at the beginning, you have a lot of experience in the fitness industry, both from the corporate big box gold gym side, um, now to this more intimate studio boutique fitness kind of setting. I would love if you can just discuss a little bit about how boutique fitness and the experience that it provides differs from that of, you know, a typical corporate gym. Mm.
1: I love boutique fitness for the like community aspect of it. Um, you, you meet so many people, you get into like routines where you see the same people at the same time or in the same classes. And if you're not there, you know, it's a level of like accountability that you, you have within your community. And I think in like any workout routine, like often where it falls apart is like motivation or accountability and community fills both of those voids really well. And, um, and in a non-intimidating way, it's not the, the coach even necessarily that's saying like, Julianne, why weren't you in class? It's like your fellow classmates that were like, Hey, wait, we were there. We went through it. You know, where were you? And it kind of makes you feel like, um, I'm, it's, it's appointment based. And so like, if you're not there, you know, someone's going to be like missing you. And, and I think that accountability piece is so huge in, in fitness as a whole. Um, And it's where really like big boxes can start to improve. Um, When I go to the gym, I go at the same time every day. And I almost like create a boutique fitness experience for myself. Like I have certain people I will talk to all the time when I'm there and when I'm traveling and I'm gone for two weeks and like, I come back, they're like, where have you been? I'm like, I know, like I've been traveling, you know, and it kind of gives you that like accountability where the alarm goes off. I really don't want to go. It's cold outside. It's dark outside. Oh, but Heidi's going to be there and she's going to be wondering where I'm at. And so, okay, I'm going to get up and go. And we have so much of that that exists in our kick house studios and the relationships that are formed there end up extending outside of the studios as well. Like they'll do walks together and 5k events together, or they'll go like hike in the mountains together because it's, it's not just, you know, about, like, the kickboxing. It's about, like, we're all on this journey together. If we're doing a challenge, you know, we're not drinking alcohol. So, like, who wants to socialize with me and not go to bars, not go to parties? We're going to go to bed at nine. We're going to wake up at six, and we're going to go do this thing that's healthy for us. Like, that's the kind of communities that, like, are formed and exist. And people just find their, like, tribe at our studios. And I think that's really one of the things that's like most magical about our studios is just that there's like such a warm and welcoming community that exists that if you are that newcomer, even if you haven't worked out in the last two years because you like just kind of you know took the pandemic hard, great. Like this is the perfect place to like get off the couch, go in there's there's just a like warm community that's ready to like welcome you and they all have been where you've been before um and so there's just that understanding of you know wherever you're at we're going to start there with you we're going to meet you there um we're not judging where you're at you know it's just like we're we're with you on that journey and your journey starts today and like good job like taking that first step and like coming in the door we've got you from here
0: yeah, wow, that was so well said and definitely mimics my experience in boutique fitness as a member. Um, I've done a few different things in the past. I did Orange Theory for a while. I've tried Pilates, I did that kick house class, and um I actually work in a physical therapy clinic that's inside of a CrossFit gym. And there is just something to be said about community. You kept mentioning that word, and that's what it's all about. And you know, from a personal standpoint, I feel so strongly about this because community and human connection and building relationships is what my life is all about as a PT, a coach, a podcaster, like that's what I love. And I think in fitness, that's the missing piece for so many people. And when I think of fitness, I like to think of these kind of domains, you know, like fitness is physical, but fitness is also mental and it's social and it's emotional and it should be a part of who we are as human beings and as human beings those things all make up who we are so if you can inf- find an environment where you get to work on your physical fitness and your mental fitness and your social well-being like why not and that's what boutique fitness is so cool is you are providing an experience there you are receiving an experience it's not just a workout it's an experience and Like you mentioned, you gave the example of, you know, somebody who maybe hasn't been to the gym in a few years. I am seeing those people multiple times a day, every day right now. And you're exactly right. Those are the people who I think could benefit so much because they've done the thing, like they've had the gym routine. They look back and they're like, oh, I want to be that person again, but I just I can't do it, or I'm too old, or I'm too this. I think that the community aspect is what can help somebody give somebody like the ability to walk alongside others on that same journey.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you're in the mindset world. So like, how often do we let ourselves down versus like, how comfortable are we with letting other people down? And I think as soon as you make that unlock about yourself and you realize, wow, I will deprioritize myself all day long To make sure these other things get done, to make sure this person in my family is happy to, you were always kind of like looking out for other people. And if you have that realization, you know, you can fix your mindset and put yourself like first, you could prioritize yourself or you could play that game and realize, you know what, if I'm on a team with someone and they're expecting me to go to class, like I'm going to show up because I don't want to let Julianne down. I will, I will give up on myself all day long. I will skip class like on myself all day long. I will not make a new year's resolution. I will like call it in for the winter. Cause it's cold and I hate being in the cold, but if I've committed to you, if you're on my team, shoot, like let's go, you know? And, and you, so as soon as you understand how your mind works and, and where your mindset lies, you can start to play those, those games with yourself, both like in fitness and professionally as well. It, it, it parallels like in so many different ways. I
0: love that. And, you know, I've been, so as as we're recording this, I've been a physical therapist practicing for like seven, eight weeks now I'm, I'm a baby in this profession, but I'm seeing this so much in just overall health and fitness in a very specific population. Of course, anybody Men, women, whatever age you are, might struggle with this idea of taking care of themselves, putting themselves first, prioritizing your health and fitness. But who I'm seeing it the most in right now is my women who are in their forties and fifties, whose whose kids are growing up, who don't really need them as much anymore. And they're like, oh my God, I, I can take care of myself. I can, I can do things just me, not for my kids. And I can't totally empathize with that because I'm 25. I'm not a mother yet. However, I've seen it in so many of my loved ones, my patients, and one of my missions right now, and the person who I really, really love to to work with and connect with is that person, is that mom of three whose kids are 18 and 22 and 25, and is like, yeah, you know, I, I let myself go. And man, when my kids were young, I used to go to the gym and they would go to daycare and they'd tell me these stories. And I'm like, Kim, we can get you back to that. Like we can get you back to the gym and guess what? You can take care of yourself now. Like you've done, you've done the work, you've done your job and oh my God, like boutique fitness. That's exactly what these women need. And I'm sure that's a lot of, of what you've seen in, in the success in boutique fitness, right?
1: Yeah. I think there's that, like self-care Saturday hashtag that lives on a lot of social media. And the reality is you can't just take care of yourself one day of the week. Like it needs to be part of your routine daily. So what is that? What does that look like? Um, And if it's not kickboxing, like I I'm going to be brokenhearted, but like find what it is for you and insert that into every day. And Make sure it's part of your routine. Make sure it's scheduled. Make sure you don't consistently cut that out of your day because, oh, it's fine. I'll just, you know, like do it tomorrow. And you don't give yourself that like recovery time. You don't give yourself that like self love. You don't give yourself that moment of selfishness to just like check in and do something that is good for you, whatever that is, you know if it's working out, if it's meditating, if it's, you know, the bubble bath, like have something that is a consistent part of your routine, because it, it's not something that you can let like build up and then, okay, I'm just going to fix this all on Saturday. And I think that's where we, where we go wrong. You know, we try to like solve all of our problems over, over a weekend period. And that's not like really where the magic is. You know, the magic is setting up your life on a day-to-day basis in a way that's balanced, in a way that lets you thrive through your day, through difficulties, recover and do it again the next day.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, something that I remind myself of often when I start to see that my, my fitness routine, or, you know, my meditation, I love to do these things to kind of pour into myself. And sometimes they slip through the cracks. And I love the idea of like, if you show up for yourself, you're going to better be able to show up for others. Like it's as simple as that. If you if you care about your relationships, if you care about the people in your workspace, you're going to be a better human in those places if you take care of yourself, right?
1: Yeah, it, you need to have moments where you like can step out of whatever's stressing you out, whatever's like dominating your headspace. Like you need to be able to clear the slate and then start again, whatever that is. And it's going to be different for every person. Um, Like I wish I was good at meditating. I'm not, I'm trash at it. It's like, yeah, I I do
0: it. I do it. I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it. Um, But if you're a type a female, it's just, it's not very compatible with sitting and being quiet and still in a corner in silence. It's not, it's so hard, but then
1: (laughs) But I'll do other things, you know, like I'll roll out, I'll like go paddleboarding and I'll have time by the water, you know, which kind of like relaxes or lets my brain like reset. I'll go to the gym every day. You know, I'll have that like music in my ears kind of moment where I'm just like zoned out. Um, And so I would just encourage everybody to find like find whatever that is that like adds something really healthy and positive to every day because that just creates like a positive move. And then it's easier to make another positive move on top of that. Whereas if we're always making the negative moves, if we're always like hitting the snooze button, eating fast food for lunch, like going to bed at midnight, because we just like scrolled social media for two hours, like those like negative, negative, negative decisions, like start to build up on, on themselves. And you feel that spiral the same exact thing can happen, but on the positive. So taking even action today, like, what are we doing today? That's going to be healthy for us. You know, even if it's just like starting with like, how much water are you drinking? Like there's easy things that like can start to be that positive move that happens today that just starts you on that path. And then you get aligned with your people. And then it like, you just start to fly in that like upward momentum you know, not into that, like downward spiral.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit of a nerd and I'm going to out myself here, but Newton's law of inertia and momentum an objects in motion stays in motion unless acted on by an outside force. So it's that same thing, like getting started sucks, figuring out what you can and want to stick to sucks. But once you find those habits, you know, you've tried meditating, you don't like it. So the outdoor paddle, that is your Zen. That is your me time. Great. And then keep that rolling. Right. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that idea as well.
1: Yeah. And, and I think everybody just has to find their own, you know, their own, their own unlock. And it's just like, how much positive can you put into the day versus how much, you know, like we all know the, the bad decisions that we make. And that's what like, is so frustrating with all of health and fitness. It's not like people don't know, you know, we know, and, you know, can we stack as many of the, the good things together um to create that positive momentum.
0: Totally. Yeah, I recorded a podcast a few weeks ago um that I titled Inspiration Over Information and it was a quick episode that was inspired by a colleague of mine and it was that same idea. It's like, hey, everybody knows to go to the gym and drink more water and eat more vegetables. We don't need information. It's in our face. We need inspiration and excitement. Um man, Jessica, I feel like we can talk forever. So I'm going to wrap things up here. I got one more question for you. One thing that I've heard a lot from from patients, from clients, from loved ones, when it comes to joining a gym, something in the boutique fitness space, especially that's really big on social media and might look a little bit intimidating on the surface. What would you say to that person who's like, man, that looks really cool, but I'm, I'm embarrassed of my current situation, or I don't think I can do it. What would you say to them to help them get in the door?
1: That first step is the hardest step and, and it will be regardless of what workout you're, you're undertaking. You know, if you're, if you're going to start a walking routine, that first day is going to be the hardest day. Um, the reason I love boutique fitness is because you take that first step and it really is that moment of like, we've got you from here. So if you don't come to a class within the next three days, someone's going to call you, you know, whereas if you, you know, you have a first day of walking and you don't do it the next day and then you don't do it the next day and you don't do it the next day and you have that moment of like giving up on yourself and no one's going to call you other than the person who's looking in the mirror, you know, like when you're in a community, somebody's going to call you. Somebody's gonna text you and be like, "Hey, let's go you know and like and and pull you into it, so whatever inertia you're not feeling yet because it's not part of your routine yet, it's the best part of boutique fitness because there's there's momentum that's happening around you, there's inertia that's happening around you, and you can't help but get swept up by it. You can't help but be a part of the movement because you're pulled by it you're pulled into it you're pulled by it and and everybody who's inside those four walls has been in your shoes before and knows exactly how you're feeling they've they've been overweight before they've they've had that destination like moment in their mind like I need to lose weight for my wedding or like I want to get back to like this this headspace that I haven't been in in so long and everyone's had that journey you know and they're in those four walls and they they see you come in and it's not in a like judgmental way that they're like oh you're new but it's like i see that you're new i see that you're on day 1 like we've got you and that's the most important value that we can bring to any of our members and it's the proudest in my career and in my journey that we're doing it at scale, like across the country and, and hope to, you know, expand and do even more of that impact, like in more communities um, across the country and around the world.
0: I love that. Oh, that just excites me so much. I cannot wait to share this conversation with the people that I'm having these conversations with, because you You speak about it so well, and it's so true and I can't wait to help more people on that journey myself and you know introduce them to a community like Kick House, where they're just gonna be set up for success from the get go
1: well, and thank you for doing everything that you're doing, you know both in your uh daytime profession and in your podcast. I think it's all about like sharing information, sharing unlocks because you just never know like you never know who's listening, you never know who you're gonna impact like today, that it's going to be that moment for them that really takes them like into that first step of their journey.
0: Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. As we wrap things up here, Jessica, I got one more question. This is a question that all of my guests receive here on the Goal Set Mindset podcast. We are centered around pursuing high achievement with passion, perseverance, and performance. I would love if you could share a personal goal that you have right now and how you're working towards it.
1: I am a big believer in female entrepreneurs. I I know that 2% of venture capital goes to female entrepreneurs versus male entrepreneurs and you know as much as we want to like say that things are are equal, they're still not. And the next phase of my career or maybe my next side hustle will be to lean into a space where I can be more of an asset to female entrepreneurs, whether that's as an advisor, a investor, a resource in any way. Um, that's kind of what's what's lighting my soul on fire these days.
0: I love that. I will definitely be on the lookout for that, for your future endeavors, because just this hour of getting to know you for the first time, um, you and people like you are exactly who I aspire to follow in the footsteps of. So thank you for sharing that and uh, best of luck pursuing it. and I know you're going to make an absolutely tremendous impact.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you. Really quick, before we sign off, if you can just share, um, if listeners are interested in reaching out to you, if they want to ask any questions about you know what you shared today, uh, what would be
1: the best way of doing so? You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jessica Yarmy, on Instagram at Jessica Yarmy, on Twitter at Jessica Yarmy. It's the good thing about having a unique name is um, you'll be able to find me on the socials for sure.
0: Awesome. Cool. I'll be sure to link all of those in the description, as well as the uh, links to kick house's website as well, in case anybody's interested in checking that out. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. This was such a fun conversation. I am just so excited to get to work right now because of this one.
1: Awesome. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope Jessica's experiences and insight left you feeling excited and encouraged to pursue your dreams, whether that be in business, fitness, or life itself. If you're enjoying the show, I would love if you left a rating or review on your favorite platform and subscribed so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, we will be back next week with another episode.